Uh, Hulk Hogan, Cliffy Lines, and Amirs. That's that's from Adam. That's diverse, which is what we like about the afternoons program here on SEN. Uh, welcome back to it. We've got a big hour coming up. We're doing it all thanks to SBS Fence. Remember, portable, tall, and temporary fence hire in Sydney. Go to sbsfence.com. Dot AU. Remember, SENQ 693 AM up in Brizzy, SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Download that SEN app. If you missed anything, early doors, James Fisher-Harris chat is there. Check out the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast, Spotify or Apple Afternoons with Jimmy Smith. Keep the text messages coming in, 0457 736 736. Calls will take as well, one 1170 Timmy Williams. So, yes, NRL expertise with SC Playbook. Don't worry, he's got BBL expertise, and we're going to tap into that uh, very shortly as well. Right now, though, we have a tale of two back rowers. So we told you earlier about Kurt Capewell and Hamali Olakawatu. Uh, we're going to dive into this a little bit more. Courtesy of the Daily Telegraph online, Brent Reid reporting that Hamali Olakawatu has agreed to a 7 $5 million contract extension. Now, this is not confirmed by the club. You never get confirmation from the club. He probably got this information from the manager of Hamali Olakawatu. Um, so we have to take it as read eight years. Eight years, $7.5 million. He's, worth, he's uh, 25 years of age. So he is, he's coming into his prime um, and Manly have locked him away. They had him signed for two years. They said, no, we're going to extend that. Uh, as I said, the the best two words you can hear as a professional athlete, upgrade and extension. Um, and that's what Hamali has got. So uh, I would love to know from Manly fans. I would love to know from fans of other clubs that might have been chasing Hamali Olakawatu. Is that the right price? Generally speaking, you, play, uh, you pay a lower price to keep your player than what the open market would uh, suggest, uh, think Jerome Luai, what the Panthers are prepared to pay him and what suitors are prepared to pay him. But Hamali Olakawatu at the club where he made his debut has been given a $7.5 million. Now, this is what we're hearing. This is what's being reported for eight years. So I would love to know your thoughts on whether Hamali Olak. I think he's an outstanding player. Hasn't played at the highest level yet. That might change. Um, Highest level, uh, sorry, he has played international, to clarify that. Uh, maybe he hasn't played at the toughest level yet. That is state of origin. That might happen this year with Michael Maguire. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, do you agree with that? And then, as I said, the tale of two back rowers, we've got a club who's releasing a back rower. So Kurt Catewell officially released from his Brisbane Broncos contract. We haven't had confirmation yet as to the Warriors signing him. So... We'll wait and see that. Quote from Kevin Walters, Capes has played an important role for us over the past couple of seasons, both on and off the field, as we laid down the foundations to turn things around as a club. So you would have to say, if you're a Broncos fan, and I know there's plenty of Broncos fans who are listening to the program at the moment, and we might get to one very shortly, how do you look upon the signing of, uh, and now the release of, Kurt Capewell? To me, as an outsider, it looks like he provided to the Broncos just what they needed at the appropriate time. So um, the fact that he was able to get a three-year deal at the Warriors, the, the Broncos were going nowhere near that. Uh, and I think that this has been excellent for the Broncos, probably been pretty good for Kurt Capewell as well. How it plays out for the Warriors, 
Well, that will be determined by a lot of things. A little bit of it, probably more than 50% of it, uh, will be how Kurt Capewell plays for the Warriors. And there's all those non-playing benefits that someone who's a leader like Kurt Capewell will bring to the table as well. I would love to get your thoughts on that. Manly are going down the Tigers' path with Schuster and Co. So that's from Rooster Man. Explain what you mean, the Tigers' path. Uh, you better explain that, uh, Rooster Man. one three hundred. 01-1170-0457-736-736. Let's go to the open line. Steve is on the line from Brisbane there. G'day, Stevie. G'day, good. What is it, Jimmy? It's afternoon, yeah. Mate, if, in, first off, in regards to Kurt Capel, I wish him all the best. He's been a great servant for the Broncos, but I can understand fully when you're getting three years rather than the next just 12 months and you weren't guaranteed anything after that, you take it and you run with it. So I wish him all the best and thank him for his service. Okay, so just on that, so we understand Kurt Capewell's decision on this. Do you think the Broncos could have or should have signed him for an extension of the one year remaining? No, I think that um, his one year was going to see him out. They've got too much young stock there that's got to be looked after and brought through slowly. So, you know, you, you, you've got to look at your future at that stage, Jimmy. And they've got plenty there with uh, Brendan Bakura and Jordan Ricky, both signed for long term. When you look at their roster, you can say that. Most of their top 17 players are nearly locked away, except for the likes of Ezra and Reese, which will get their money, is nearly locked away till the end of 2026 now. So I think it's a smart move. I agree. I actually agree wholeheartedly with that. Now, what else you got for us, Stevie? Right, my, my three into my Hall of Fame, and I, I yes. thought about this. First one would be Arthur Beats, and I also considered Wally Lewis and Alan Langer. My second one would be Ron Barassi, I considered Kevin Sheedy and Lee Matthews for those positions. And my third and final one, because I named my son after him, would be the GOAT, Damien Oliver. Damien Oliver. Yep. Wow. I named my son after him. So. Ah, very good. Good on you, Steve. Not only... Uh, okay, Stevie, before you go, who else did you consider yep. for da uh, cool. as well as Damien Oliver? Oh, mate, the great uh, Roy Higgins and Harry White. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. So we are going we are going back there. Good on you, Steve. Thank you for that. Arthur Beats and Ron Barassi, Damian Oliver. So that's the breadth of the sports that we are looking at here. Um, oh, here we go. Swivel says, G'day, Jimmy. Manly are off their heads. Nothing creates lack of intent more than a contract of that length for a forward. That's from Swivel. So there you go. There's a question mark already. Uh, Roosterman saying, paying overs for non-proven talent, Jimmy. Um, I would suggest that Hamali Olakawadu is a much more proven talent than Josh Schuster. I'd probably suggest at $7.5 million, if we are to believe that, over eight years is is overs for Hamali Olakawatu. But, um, yeah, okay. He is a much more proven talent than Josh Schuster. So... Uh, good on your rooster, man. Thanks for that. Keep those text messages coming in, 0457 736 736. But up next, our man, Timmy Williams. Well, it's about that time of year where you might have the NBL Supercoach going. You've got in the back of your mind what was happening in the NRL Supercoach, but BBL Supercoach is happening tonight. You need to get in early. If you do that, well, you're running late because... Um, it feels like I need a lot of help with this. Um, 
General manager of cricket now, the transfer of title. Austin has found himself with about 1,700 projected round one. I don't know how he's done it. At that point, you call in the experts from SC Playbook. We're talking about our man, Timmy Williams. He's on the line. G'day, Tim. G'day, Jimmy. Going to be back after a little bit of a uh, spell after the footy season. And it sounds like we might be doing almost a bit of a live team selection on on this segment. <laughs> it wouldn't go astray, I must admit that. Somehow he's... He was talking this morning, the general manager of cricket, about it. He's expected his 1,700. I'm like, whoa, I'm about at 1,200. So uh, maybe I need a little bit of help. Uh, as I say, you call in the big guns. Just before we get to that, mate, surely someone with the super coach expertise that you have need a little bit of downtime. Have you been able to get away at all during the course of the couple of weeks? I absolutely have, mate. I I have a bit of a spell pretty well. October, once the, the NRL grand final knocks off each year, is my holiday period. And... Snuck over to the States, went over to uh, Austin, Nashville, New York, did a bit of pretty much a sporting trip, surprise, surprise, went to the ice hockey, went to college football, tailgated at Texas A&M, and then went oh. up to the NBA uh, in New York as well. So, look, I'm fresh and and uh, ready to rock and roll for the Big Bash cricket season. Okay. What was your standout North American trip? Texas A&M college football. We uh, met a, a few few locals in, in Austin the night before and got put on to one of their buddies who had a, a tailgate outside the game and we, just, we were just welcomed with open arms. They all get there about eight hours before the game actually kicks off and have a few beers and, and a few more and uh, went into the game. There's about 110,000 people. The, the the way they do it's just incredible. So that was, it was a real bucket list sort of item and I, I can't wait to get back and do it again. Uh, all right. Before that, you've got to get stuck into the BBL Supercoach. Uh, anyone looking for a bit of help, go to scplaybook.com.au. So we start with this. I was talking to Jimmy Pearson earlier this week. He's going to miss the early part of the BBL because of the Prime Minister's eleven. There's a few players that are like that. But I noticed that the Brisbane Heat are playing in three of the first six games. How important is it to have a look at the draw and, and see which sides and when they play, Timmy? Yeah, mate, the, the draws everything in, in Supercoach BBL. And, and I know that, so like if we're talking about NRL or AFL Supercoach, it, it's probably a bit easier to, to manage because, you know, the games will finish Sunday night and then the next games will be Thursday or Friday. And you've got that bit of downtime to have a look at your team and, and a bit of a spell. Whereas Big Bash, you know, a, a round might finish on Wednesday night at midnight and then there might be the next round starting the next day, sort of one or two o'clock in the afternoon now that it's really daunting for people uh, and they think, you know, it's a bit too hard to manage so they won't have a crack at it. But, you know, that's what we're here for at SC Playbook and, and all the great content creators that are out there. It's it's just a simplified all. And it's easy enough to manage. And, and you mentioned it is about playing the draw and looking at that. So we've got a, a table, like a, a planning chart up on the website. And what I'm trying to get across is that they have like double game rounds. And as you mentioned, Thankfully, one and only triple game round. Round one, we'll see the Brisbane Heat, as you mentioned, playing three games in one round. What that means is, as it sounds. So, uh, you know, a player like Colin Munro or Sam Billings for the Brisbane Heat, they will have three games in that round where the super great scores for each game tally up and go towards your total. So, you know, it's vital that you do play around this draw and the teams with more games... Uh, and whatnot, because there's also rounds where teams have buys on. So, fortunately, there's none of those in round one. Um, but, yeah, it, it is important to focus on the draw. Just on that, you mentioned uh, Colin Munro and Sam Billings, uh, Tom Curran back for the Sydney Sixers as well. So, the imports 
and understanding how long your imports are in town for, uh, I'd imagine is another important part of building your team. Yeah, it's enormous. And then again, like it seems pretty daunting at first thought, but the same thing, it's up on the website. I don't want to keep plugging the website, but all the information is there and it'll tell you exactly when all the imports, not only imports, there's some, you know, Australian players as well that come and go at the moment. There's the Abu Dhabi T10 tournament on. There's a bunch of other different tournaments that that do cross over with the big bash. It's a bit of a shorter tournament this season, which makes it that little bit easier. Quinton de Kock, for example, one of the big names coming in. The Melbourne Renegades, who have the round one double game week. De Kock won't be available for the first game, but is expected to be available for the second game. The Melbourne Stars are another team on that round one double. Harris Ralph, the same thing. Not available game one, expected for round two. Uh, sorry, game two. So again, it's all it's all in the article and it makes it quite easy to follow, but it is something you need to be aware of. Okay, based on that then, which of the internationals do you think represent uh, the best value early doors? Of the internationals, I would have to say that there's a few coming over that, that as I mentioned, like those that, that are missing, you know, even game one as they settle into Australia following, say, the Abu Dhabi T10 tournament. Tom Curran is a good one who's expected to feature the Sydney Sixers. They're one of five teams, five of the eight teams, playing two or more games in round one. So it's a lot. Uh, Tom Curran, Supercoach Big Bash is all about roles. You're batting up the order. You know, all-rounders are absolute gold. If, if you're batting, you know, anywhere top sort of six and bowling your three to four overs each game, that's perfect. Tom Curran is amazing for this. He, he'll bowl at the death for the sixes. So they're, they're, they're those key wicket-taking opportunities. He's likely to bat at number seven, potentially as high as number six. So he has a great role. And I think he's probably one of the pick of them early. And Sam Billings, the bloke we mentioned just before as well for the Brisbane Heat, the Prime Minister's 11 games has caused a bit of havoc to the Heat lineup. They've got players coming in, players coming out across these first three games. Sam Billings is one that should be available for all three games. He starts pretty cheap at 116K. He's an explosive batsman, and, and yeah, they're, they're two that I've got in my early lineup. What about the must haves? Uh, we know that Glenn Maxwell is back. I think it's his first game in the BBL for 700 days. Um, we're looking at a price for him of about 118,000. That suggests to me that. He was grossly undervalued based on what we've seen of late. Where, where, what are we doing with superstars like Glenn Maxwell? Yeah, look, just about every year in Supercoach, you can look up the, the Supercoach BBL dictionary, you look up the word must-have, and just got a big mugshot of Glenn <laughs> Maxwell there. That's it. Look, he might be planted at 250K to start the season, but with the stars on the double... Glenn Maxwell is, as you mentioned, 118K to start the season. That is because he was injured last year, didn't play a game, so he got a massive decrease in price. Like, if you don't have Maxwell in your round one team, you're just playing with fire and and just not a risk worth taking. Uh, The other ones there... Adam Zampa is another good one. We know he started at the ODI World Cup for Australia. Another one who starts pretty cheap at $131,000. Now, there'd be a number of other ones that, that I would deem as must-haves to start, but because there are so there's so much uncertainty around a bunch of players, it makes it a little bit hard. So Michael Nisa for the Brisbane Heat, he would be a key one. He was withdrawn from the PM's 11 game due to soreness and just the Australian test squad saying, you're not far off playing. If we need you, we want you ready to go. What they've come out and said with Nisa, who has one of the best roles in Supercoach, much like that of Tom Cohn, bowls death, takes wicket, will bat at about number seven, is that 
soreness is, you know, they're being very conservative with him. But due to the, the lower workload of the Big Bash, only having to bowl sort of three, four overs a game, they've said, well, we don't want you bowling in the PM's 11 where you might bowl 20, 25 overs, but four overs, very manageable, that's okay. However, because they are taking that cautious approach, if Nisa does get named to play tonight, he's in their current squad, does he play all three games in the, in the first round? Maybe he does, but he's one that I've got in my team at the moment, but there are concerns around him as well. Especially at Monaco, as you know, flat, uh, very, very flat that deck, as Sammy Williams will attest to. Um, all right, what about some of the cheapies that are out there that people might have overlooked, Timmy? There are so, so many cheapies available for us, Jimmy, that have decent buy credentials for round one, but every single one of them have question marks around and There aren't any that you sort of lock and load there. Just, again, question marks around roles in their teams. Do they get picked? And the names that I've got in my team at the moment are Cooper Connolly, the, the little sensation over in Perth. He's been in, on fire domestically leading into the tournament. We know he started in the final last season. He's 70K. He could open the batting for the Perth mm. Scorchers. Also, Ashton Agar is unlikely to play round one, might not get the first couple of games due to injury. If this is the case, Connolly could be bowling four overs and batting top three. He may be at number six, but... I think particularly if Agar doesn't get named there, Connolly, he's so promising that, that he's a great play. Sam Whiteman, another one at $62,000. We could keep a bat. The Scorcher signed Stephen Eskenazi. They've got a few other top-order batsmen who have just got a lot of uncertainty around that opening role. So Whiteman's another one. Ben Menenti is one that's come a little bit from the clouds this preseason. And that happened when Rashid Khan mm. uh, withdrew from the tournament. It left the strikers without an obvious sort of frontline spinner. There are a couple of options there in Ben Menenti, who's been really good uh, in domestic cricket the last sort of 12 months. There's him, there's Cameron Boyce. They've got both Matt and Darcy Short, who are sort of part-time spinners who they could you know, call upon more as well. But Menenti, as it stands, looks like he would probably be their number one spinner. The strikers only play one game in round one, but play the double in round two. So he's a bloke that I think you can store on your bench for round two, provided uh, that team is named as we're hoping to be for round one. Ah, very good. Very good. Uh, well, it starts in earnest tonight. We are looking forward to it. Um, a big BBL season, an abbreviated season, but it get the feeling that every game means something. So uh, squads are going to be at their strongest. Timmy, as are you. What a return. Very strong indeed. Uh, appreciate it, mate. And you enjoy your BBL. I've always been all right first up off a spell, Jimmy. So uh, <laughs> good to be back. Thanks for having me. Uh, if you want to learn more, go to scplaybook.com.au.